You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Thursday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing great. A lot to get to on this episode of the Locked On Cougars podcast. We're going to talk about a new proposal coming out that the College Football Playoff Committee might be expanding by as many as 12 teams. What would that mean for BYU? We don't have many details, but we'll break it down all of that for you guys. We'll also talk about 1962 and BYU football history. How did things go in the second year of Hal Mitchell's tenure? And a little bit more about Hal Mitchell as a person. I found out I have a unique connection to the Mitchell family. We'll explain later on today's show. And of course, we'll catch you guys up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. The track and field teams in action at the national championships up there in Oregon. We'll break all of that down ahead on today's podcast. All right, without further ado, let's get going here on Thursday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for June 10th, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. A big thank you for joining us here on a Thursday edition of the show. Apologies, it's coming out a little later on Thursday, but had some family matters to attend to. I normally record the night before, as many of you are aware. These podcasts normally go live overnight. Had some other family obligations that precluded that, and obviously had my day job working for The Zone, producing DJ and PK in the morning. So I'm getting to the podcast a little later than I anticipated, but I hope you guys are doing great regardless getting going here on the show a reminder real quick though if you haven't done so already make sure you hit that follow button wherever you might be listening in from that way we can get you guys up to date on everything you know as a BYU fan every day because the podcast simply just pops up in your feed makes your life that much simpler all right getting going here let's talk about a new proposal coming out and we don't have the details on this yet as of recording the official announcement has not come from the college football playoff committee But multiple reports say that the college football playoff is set to expand from four teams, which it has been since its inception, to 12 teams with a timetable on when 12 teams might occur, etc., undefined. That would be a very, very big move to go from four to 12 immediately. I always thought they would go to eight. That was my personal opinion on the college football playoff, and then maybe expand from there. But 12 teams appears to be the plan. The top four seeds would get automatic first round buys with the other four seeds. I guess so in the top eight round seeds, five through eight, they'd host a first round game against the seeds uh, lower than them. Very interesting format because there's one key thing in here based on the reporting that I have seen is it would be the top six conference champions regardless of if their power five or G5 would get automatic bids into the field. What that means is in 2020, that would have put both Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina into the field and the Pac-12 would not have gotten an automatic bid. That doesn't mean that Oregon, who won the Pac-12 ranked number 20 in the country, couldn't have gotten an at-large bid, but it would mean that the Pac-12 did not get an automatic bid. Crazy to think about, but if that's simply the case, it's just the top six, regardless of affiliation, whether you're G5 or P5, that's a a coup, in my opinion, for the G5 programs. Now, where this leaves BYU, 
million dollar question folks we'll talk more about this on tomorrow's podcast when i record tonight hopefully we'll have more details on that and i can pass along what i know at that point but very very intriguing to see this going the way it's going for the college football playoff do i think byu in 2020 had this been the format gets an at-large bid i think they would have been in the discussion there's no doubt about that and the fact that cincinnati and coastal carolina would have gotten automatic bids that leads me to think that byu might have had plenty of people behind them giving pressure to the college football playoff committee to put the cougars into the field would they've ultimately done that i don't know but i do think that the current the way things are laying out if byu has one of those special seasons and they're right there in the top 10 to 15 of the country there's no reason to think that they will not be in the discussion at minimum obviously being in the discussion versus actually making it in two different things we're all aware of that we're coming up on the decade mark of byu ultimately going independent and just you can't count on anything when it comes to byu and especially in collegiate sports and that's not to say that it's it's byu's fault there's just other factors at play around byu are the bigger issue but i think the good news is is there appears to be a path now for more g5 programs and in theory a program like byu to have greater and more ready access to a chance to play for a national title am i expecting byu to play for a national title in 2021 or whenever this new format comes out not right away but it does give more hope to these teams if this is indeed the format that ultimately plays out i still got my concerns that the G, the power five not the g5 the power five have something that's going to come out in the official release from the college football playoff committee that is going to set themselves up to make this essentially an invitational for themselves the sec the big 10 getting the majority of these at-large bids but you know what once we have more details we'll talk more about them in depth on tomorrow's podcast but happened to break right before I was going to record. So I figured I would talk about it on today's show. So like I said, on the surface, looking at what we're seeing from the reporting from multiple sources, The Athletic, ESPN, Heather Dinich over ESPN, Ross Dellinger, and Pat Forty from Sports Illustrated, who, by the way, I think they're the ones that broke the story. Props to those guys. They're doing a killer job. They do a great job covering the sport. But multiple reports saying that there's going to be more ready access for programs like BYU as well as the rest of the quote-unquote group of five, the G5, to have access to a national title potential. That's really, really cool to see, and I'm hopeful that it's not merely lip service that the college football playoff committee is saying that and it's truly something they're giving more access to all of these different uh schools there's 130 of them at this level why should only 10 to 15 legitimately have access that's my personal opinion on the matter all right coming up here in a minute we'll talk more specifically about byu football but look back in the history books talking about 1962 for the cougars how mitchell's second year at the helm of the program has the first really star player from BYU under his wing. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over at Bet Online, folks. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season off excuse me, baseball season, obviously in full swing. My apologies for that. As well as the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs ongoing, golf, UFC, MMA, no matter what your interest is, they've got odds for you that you can take advantage of at betonline.ag. Before the next pitch or the next time the 
ball is tipped or the puck is dropped, no matter what the sport is that you're interested in, head to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and sign up for free and check out all the different options available to you guys in terms of your sports betting needs. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. This is your chance to get in on the action as teams are in the playoffs right now in the NBA and the NHL. Baseball is entering the summer stretch. Golf, always fun every weekend. You can get in on all of it. Head to the website, betonline.ag. Use that mobile device as well if it's easier for you guys. Sign up now and when you make your first deposit, use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. You heard that right. 50% of whatever you deposit added in for free to bet with. It's free money, courtesy of BetOnline as they are your online sportsbook experts. All right, my friends, as we continue on with our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown, let's take a minute and talk about the 1962 BYU football program. They were not necessarily a world-beating team, let's be clear about that, but there are two notable things about this year's squad that I think fans need to know about in terms of stuff to be smart when it comes to being a BYU fan and knowing the history. First thing, a new conference for BYU. They've been playing in the Skyline Conference since its inception. They were one of the quote quote unquote Skyline Six, the original founding members of the Skyline Conference. The Cougars were also a founding member of the Western Athletic Conference. Most of you know it as the WAC. And they came in, funny enough, at the behest of Arizona State. According to what I was reading about, BYU actually was originally not going to be invited to be part of the WAC originally, but it was Arizona State's school president who apparently was a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who really stumped for the Cougars to be part of the new league. Pretty incredible to think about it. Arizona State sticking up for BYU during this era because I guarantee in this era that ain't going to happen, but that's just my personal opinion. But the WAC started out in 1962 with six teams. New Mexico, Arizona State, Arizona, Wyoming, BYU, and Utah comprised the entirety of the conference. And the conference race in 1962 very much was a muddled mess. BYU, and I can say this funny enough, had a 4-6 and six overall record. They went 2-2 two and two in the Western Athletic athletic conference and were tied for second along with three other teams. You're probably wondering what in the world, Jake? I, and I'm, it's kind of funny here. New Mexico won the conference with a 7-2-1 and overall record. Yes, the Lobos were good once upon a time. 2-1-1 one, and one, won New Mexico the WAC title, the original WAC title in 1962. Arizona State was not eligible for the uh, conference title because they only played two conference games technically they went one and one they were seven two and one in their own right arizona wyoming and byu all were two and two in the conference arizona five and five er, uh, wyoming five and five byu four and six and then utah bringing up the rear in 1962 with a one two and one record in conference four five and one overall for the utes but that didn't stop them from beating byu but we'll leave that there but uh, so that's the biggest thing I think is BYU moves into the WAC where they would call home until when did they go to the Mountain West? Is that ninety nine? Is when the Mountain West Conference was formed? So think about this: we're talking a good thirty plus year run. The BYU's in the WAC. The highest highs BYU has achieved in this sport. Speaking of college football, took place as a member of the Western Athletic Conference. So in nineteen sixty two was the formation of the WAC and BYU finishing second alongside three other conference. Uh, 
uh, foes. The conference would ultimately expand to 16 teams. The crazy thing of the humble origins, just six teams, and New Mexico won it with a 2-1-1 one, one record. The season for BYU, not great. Let's be clear about that. At Pacific and Arizona to start the season, losing those games 26-7 and 27-21 to open up the year. Then BYU took on George Washington, had a critical loss, 13-12. Very, very narrow loss for the Cougars that I think BYU fan uh, BYU fans at that time would have been very upset because the Colonials, as they were known then, uh, scored in the final minutes to get that upset. Then BYU finally got their first win after starting out 0-3. They went to Colorado State, won that game 28-7, then were at Utah. By the way, they went on a four-game road swing here throughout the month of October. The Cougars were on the road every week. They went to Utah, lost 35-20, then beat Montana in Missoula 27-0, then lost at Utah State 27-21. Then November came, and BYU, funny enough, was the only team to beat conference champion New Mexico, and they did it in pretty thrilling fashion, 27-0 crazy to think about and then they finish off the year going to western michigan crazy enough in november 10th they went to waldo stadium in kalamazoo lost that game 28 to 20 and then beat wyoming in their uh, their home finale their season finale on november 17th 14 to 7 so very much an up and down year but a four and six record was good enough for BYU to finish second and as such hal mitchell was named whack coach of the year in his second year at the helm of byu run out of time here on today's show, but I do need to talk about a little bit about my connection to Hal Mitchell. I found out through a classmate of mine who went to BYU with me. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's show as we round out his tenure as head coach for the BYU football program, but some very interesting uh, tidbits about this. Now, one other thing about 1962 we need to talk about, and maybe I buried the lead on this, is we need to talk about Eldon the Phantom Forti. Eldon Forti had his finest season in a BYU uniform in 1962 as the Cougars finished second. He was the first BYU first-team All-American football player. We talked about previously how there was a third-team All-American back in the 1930s. I apologize, I don't remember the name offhand, but I I read a lot about this stuff, and I can't hold on to all the names. But Eldon Fortai was the first first first-team All-American in BYU history. Had an absolutely incredible year in eight of the ten games that he played in 1962. And funny enough, he actually played in a ninth game. We'll talk about here in a minute. The Wyoming game is a the thing's a legend, but had an absolutely incredible season as he went out and played just insane in BYU's single wing offense. He was named as a quarterback, but truly in the single wing offense, you were a glorified halfback who happened just to take this take the snap essentially, if that makes sense to you guys. But let's run down how the stats went for Eldon Forte. In 1962, he ran for 1,039 yards, an average of 5.22 yards per carry average, scored 14 touchdowns on the ground, uh, did fumble 10 times, but only lost three of those fumbles on the season. Also in 19 19- 62, he passed for a grand total of 811 yards, had 11 interceptions against seven touchdowns, but as I mentioned, the single-wing offense was more about the rushing. He actually was leading the nation in total yardage offensively for most of the year until injuring a shoulder late in the season in that game at Western Michigan, and funny enough, he was actually not expected to play in that season finale against Wyoming, but actually convinced Coach Mitchell to put him into the game in the midway point and said you know what coach I can strap it up I can play and according to what I read he actually had his right arm the arm that was injured essentially strapped to his body he had an injured shoulder 
He ends up going out there, leading BYU to a touchdown that tied the game. Then later, BYU got a passing touchdown that won them the contest. One of the th- and funny enough, that drive that he went in for, speaking of Eldon Fortai, was the only drive he played in in that game. He goes out there, is the ultimate gamer, scores that touchdown, and then his teammates rally around him and ultimately win the game. Just crazy to think about. Uh, guy goes out there, and like I said, Think about this. A guy walks out and essentially his arm is in a sling. It's strapped to his body. He has no use of one of his limbs. He goes out, scores a touchdown, ties the game, and his teammates score the ultimate winning touchdown. Just, yeah, I, I don't know if you can say any more. That's just kind of the thing of legend. But Eldon Forti recently passed away this past year. We acknowledge that down in Southern California where he made his residence. But rest in peace to an all-time legend in BYU history. That story about the Wyoming game, rallying the Cougars that like I said that's just it's the stuff of legend and crazy to think about but 1962 ultimately an uh, up and down year for BYU a four and six record a new conference to call home that they'll call home for the better part of 30 plus years going forward and also their first first team all-american so some good along with the not so good but Hal Mitchell named whack coach of the year that's absolutely something we needed to acknowledge on today's show oh and one final thing here for you guys there are also five other BYU players who are named to the whack scholarship team essentially the first team all whack. They were Mike Conrad, Mike Brady, Devin Stone, Val Wienig, and Lynn Matthew. Alongside, obviously, uh, you had Eldon Forti. He was just absolutely incredible. First team All-American across multiple things. People were calling him actually the best back to come out of the Rocky Mountain area since Byron Wizard White. Just crazy, crazy to think about. Uh, by the way, and one other note for you guys, Eldon Fortai went on to play for the Edmonton Eskimos as they are as they were known then. They're now the Edmonton Elks up there in the Canadian Football League before moving on with his life. All right, so there you go. Everything you know about 1962, and as I promised, I ran out of time today. I've got a really cool story about Hal Mitchell, his background, a little more from a connection I've made, funny enough, uh, actually just talking about this with a friend who said, hey, I've got some information for you. So we'll talk about that as we round out the Hal Mitchell tenure tomorrow with 1963. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll catch you guys up on everything else you need to know in BYU sports news. We'll get to all of that in mere moments. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at rockauto.com, folks. Regardless of whatever you might drive, a truck, an SUV, an old beater car, I don't care what it is. If you want to take care of it, use rockauto.com. They're a family-owned company, been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, and they have parts from hundreds of manufacturers or essentially any vehicle known to man. It's impossible for any one chain, one dealership to store all the parts needed for every vehicle under the sun. Well, rockauto.com is your repository for that, guys. Check them out. Their catalog, really easy to navigate. You can search by manufacturer, search by price. You can customize the ability to find the right part for you at the right price and by the way rock auto prices are always reliably low they're very straightforward about that they want to make this as simple as possible and they're not going to give a better price to a professional mechanic than they will give to you guys that's what i like about them so head to the website now check it out whatever your vehicle needs might be while you're there please write locked on or locked on cougars in the how did you hear about us box so get some credit for sending you guys to check them out amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car truck or suv could ever need check them out now at rockauto.com 
All right, folks, before we go here on a Thursday, let's catch you guys up on some of the other news and notes involving BYU athletics you would like to probably know about. Let's start off on the baseball diamond. BYU second baseman Andrew Pintar was named 2021 Collegiate Baseball News Freshman All-American yesterday. The award comes one week after he's named West Coast Conference Freshman of the Year, one of 13 players selected in the 2021 All-WCC first team. An absolutely stellar opening season for him. Congratulations to Andrew Pintar. Absolutely uh, is deserving of this. He's a native of Spanish Fork, Utah. Uh, if you read his story, they did a profile of him on the Deseret News. He actually uh, coaches at BYU, Mike Littlewood included. Weren't sure if he ultimately was going to be able to hit at the collegiate level. Well, he did pretty dang good in that regard. Finished top 10 in WCC play in 10 offensive categories, which includes your bat. First in total bases, 72. Second in hits, 38. Home runs and slugging percentage, all second, by the way. Nine home runs, a slugging percentage of 686. Third in batting average at 362, 23 RBIs and three triples, fourth in runs with 23, and ninth on all on base percentage at 427, and by the way, at bats, 105. Pretty incredible, considering this is a guy that the coaches had question marks. Can you actually hit at this level? Just crazy. So congratulations to Andrew Pintar. I think it's an absolute well-deserved honor for him. Other news we need to touch on here is congratulations to Connor Harding, Richard Harward, and Trevin Nell. They were recognized for their success on and off the court when the West Coast Conference released its 2021 All-Academic Honors that came earlier this week. Obviously, Connor Harding has moved on with his playing career, but Harding and Nell were named to the All-WC academic team and Harvard was selected as an academic honorable mention. Congratulations to all three of them getting it done on the court in addition to uh, the classroom. And finally for you guys here on a Thursday edition of the show two members of the swimming and diving program, diver Mickey Strauss as well as swimmer Tyler Edlifson, I hope I pronounced that correctly, will compete in their respective U.S. Olympic qualifying meets in the coming week. Strauss is just a sophomore. He's qualified to compete in the three meter springboard event. He'll travel to Indianapolis, Indiana to compete against the best in the country in that event. The top eight teams from the preliminaries will move on to the semifinals and obviously the finals will take place this weekend on Saturday with the top 12 divers from the semifinals. Only the top two will make the Olympic team and travel to Tokyo. So best of luck to him in that event. Also uh, for Edlifson, he's going to be competing in the 400 and 200 individual medleys that will be taking place uh, this weekend into next week. Hopefully he can make a good impression and maybe make a run at the Olympics in his own right in the pool. So there you go. Everything you guys need to know about with BYU here on a Thursday. As I mentioned, more details on a Friday edition of the show coming out tomorrow morning, probably late tonight regardless of when you're up. You'll be able to hear more about that. I'll have more from the College Football Playoff Committee and hopefully some specifics on how it affects BYU as an independent currently. So we'll talk about all of that ahead on a Friday edition of the show. Hope you all are doing great wherever you might be out there. Make sure to follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search out Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed, if you want to follow me there, is Jacob C. Hatch. And as always, feel free to weigh in via email, Locked On. BYU at gmail.com is the email address. All right, until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for June 10th, 2021.